Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice. Thank you for the fact that you have set aside one day of the week called the Lord's Day that we might come and meditate and celebrate and worship you, O God. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ having started this work of redemption at the cross of Calvary and your spirit which has fallen upon all flesh, bringing us to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that we not just play around at the shallow end at the shore, but that we might be willing to navigate the depth of the sea as our children will be participating at the deep sea discovery. Let us not stay shallow. Let us allow our children to know God in the fullness of his capacity and the greatness of his creation lead us to greater faith in you. So use this word this morning to challenge us and to teach us and let it be a good seed planted in each heart that would bring forth a fruit and a harvest of righteousness that glorifies your name. Father, we pray that this word would just extend our experience and bring us to greater trust and confidence in you. We ask you to bless this word and prosper it in the hearts of each people and allow it to be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Allow it to be a good seed planted in a good heart. Pray that it would be a double-edged sword that would pierce our hearts. And we pray, O oh God, that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've asked this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We were talking about Romans 11.33 on Wednesday, our midweek Bible study, uh, a time of, of searching the scriptures for those that want to go deeper in the things of God. Um, mandatory, mandatory um, participation in the house of God uh, so that we do not cheat our children of the fullness of what God has for them. And there in Romans 11.33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches there's depth in the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God. These riches of his wisdom allows us to not be wealthy in foolishness. The depth of the knowledge of God allows us not to miss the mark. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Um, there are some who say God doesn't exist. In Psalm 14, verse 1, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And when you're discounting the depth and the wealth of God by saying there is no God, and that is a foolish man, and his foolishness leads him to corruption and doing things that are wrong, uh, none who discount God in their life is able to bring their family to a good finality. But those people that make God an everything, uh, everyday reality in their life uh, will be filthy, wealthy in the knowledge of the Lord. Um, this two-thirds of the earth, two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. Only one-third of the earth is land. A greater portion of God's creation lies underneath the water. And... Uh, for the first time, because 
God had to decorate our entire church in the depths of the ocean where we find ourselves in the deep recesses of the sea, I come to the understanding God led us to the place where his knowledge is super, super deep. It's profound. It's, it's not easily obtainable. It's under the water. We were saying that uh, the tip of an iceberg is a, like this big. And then underneath the ocean lies the vast expanse of these huge masses of ice. And, and I think that that speaks volumes about our lives too. That the little bit that I get to see in the lives of the people that surround me is nothing compared to the depth of who they really are. You, you think you know a person until you draw near to them and then go into the vast expanse of who they are. And so I, I want to suggest today that there's a reason why the Lord has uh, manifested his creation in this regards. Uh, Psalm 95 verse 5 talks about the sea belongs to the Lord. The depth of the creation that is unknown is all in the hand of God. Let's go, let's go to this verse in Psalm 95 verse 5. This place that is not familiar that is still largely unexplored, that is waiting to be discovered, belongs to who? To God. This is not, because something is unknown doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. That's what a lot of atheists do. Since I can't figure it out, then God must not exist. No, you can't figure it out because God's too big for you. God is way too big for you, and you have to first come to him as a child in humility. Because God reveals himself to the humble. His grace is revealed to those who come in a different posture. So the sea is he, and why is it his? Say with me, because he made it. Absolutely. All this is within his vast depth of possession and ownership. He made the sea. It belongs to him. His hand formed it. And the dry land that's on top. He's made the top. He's made the bottom. Look where it says in, in, in the verse before. Uh, verse 4. It says his hands. He measures deep waters. So the depth of the unknown is in the palm of the hand of God. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. Even the heights of the hills are his also. So this is, this is powerful in this regards, that as I get to know who God is, I'm able to determine how he makes decisions. That's said in Psalm 36, 6. A lot of people are without knowledge. A lot of people have things going on in their lives that they have no clue about, and because those depths are in God. Your righteousness is like the great mountains, and when you make decisions, it's like the great deep. You, Lord, are the answer to deliver and preserve man and beast. All of your creation is saved through you. And so as we get to close to God, and, and this is, it seems a little bit foolish, but as we get closer and closer to him, we start getting answers. Judgments are decisions of the Lord. Your judgments are like the great deep sea, a translation says. 
This is how they used to determine that, that all things that need to be known are in God. Psalm 107 verse 24, he says, look at the works of the Lord. They are like the wonders of the deep blue sea. See his works and his wonders in the deep. Go a little bit deeper in your understanding. We were talking about that with a college group about a month ago. They invited me to share on a Saturday night. And I say, those people that live for the superficial, they react on what they see, on what they hear, on what they know, without asking, without looking, without going deeper. That's, that's a foolish scenario. God wants us to go deep in all our ways. I asked the Lord, why do you want me to be faithful to Yvette? For the rest of my life. It's like, why do you want me to? This was when I was young and I was about to get married. This is more than 22 years ago. And I said, Lord, why do you want me to be with one woman the rest of my life? And when you ask that question, you'll get this answer because I want your children to be blessed. Woo! I didn't, I wasn't thinking about my children being blessed. But when you ask God a, 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 a question, he'll lead you into a little deeper understanding of why. And a lot of people are living on the superficial reactions of what's taking place upon the earth. But the depth of his works are seen. The works of the Lord are like the wonders in the deep. Look what it ties the sea into in Psalm 146 verse 6. He says, you who have made the heaven and the earth, you who have made the sea and all that is in them, you keep truth forever. You, you allow us to see things for what they are if we go a little bit deeper. Every one of our lives has a huge expression of existence. And a lot of us are lost in the ways and the things that come into our lives that are way beyond our capacity to deal with them. I, I want to suggest that God has put us. Um, I don't know. Has anybody ever blamed the ocean for a shipwreck? And then they get upset at the ocean and say, I, I will never forgive the ocean again. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so God has put man in the vast existence of his creation and has given us something like the sea so that we can bow down and worship him. Look what it says in Psalm 95 verse 6. As we learn about the depth. Let's go to verse 5 so you don't, so that you don't miss what happened here. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. The sea is his, the sea is his, the sea is his. Why would it say this? Look what verse 6 says. Come, let us worship and bow down, and let us be before the Lord our maker. When we're in front of a vast, unknown existence of God's creation, the only natural thing there is for us to do is to bow down and worship him. To come and say, man, you're greater than me. You're greater than anything I can think of. You're, you're greater than my capacity to understand these things. Let me bow down and kneel before the Lord, our maker. Let me worship. Let me come to the place where, 
When anything is too big for me to understand, I could bow my knees and come before the Lord. That's what the ocean is all about. That's what the sea is all about. It's, it's a, an illustration for us to say, you know something? This is bigger than my capacity. How, how many, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a word that we use in Spanish. It's called poderosa. Have, has anybody ever heard that word poderosa? How many know a poderosa? A, a woman who wants to put her influence about everything that's in her realm of territory. Guess what? There's only one poderoso. There's not supposed to be a poderosa. There's supposed to be people who kneel down before the Lord and worship, knowing that he created these things. The deep blue sea is a part of, of bowing our hearts before the creator. And, and sometimes when we don't take this posture of worship and bowing down and kneeling before our Lord, there could be issues that come up in the heart because you want to understand the ununderstandable. You want to grasp that which you were never intended to grasp. God intended to be a greater depth than your capacity. That's why we say Romans 11.33, Oh, how deep the riches of his wisdom how profound the depth of his knowledge. You got that up there? There it is. Say with me. Let's read it together. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his decisions and his ways past finding out. What, what, is the, what is the consequence of somebody that doesn't want to go deep in the Lord and wants to bring a decision without knowing what God is doing? It's going to be bitterness. It's going to be resentment. It's going to be anger. It's going to be a whole bunch of expressions that are not from the Lord. When you refuse to go deep with God, one of the things uh, we're studying on Monday night with the men is the book of Job. And Job wants to, and we've gone through 23 chapters already. I think we're at chapter 27. Chapter 27, he's still fighting because he wants to understand what God is doing in his life. And so finally, we see God show up in Job 38 verse 8. And he says, hey, Job, have you ever considered who controls the oceans? Who shuts the door? That's, that's Joshua. But let's go to Job. 38, verse 8. Who shut in the sea with the doors? When it burst forth and it was issued from the womb, when it got its start, who was able to stop the ocean and say, you're not going to go further than this? Verse 16 says like this. You who darken my counsel, answer this question. Have you entered the depth of the sea? Have you walked in search of its depths? How many know we still haven't reached the bottom of the ocean? Still haven't reached it. We could, we could be on the top and we could go fishing and surfing and we could go swimming. But the depth of the ocean still has not been found by man. So I want to ask a question for your life. In the depth of the ocean God has put you in, who says that you're supposed to know what you're doing? Who says that you're going to be able to traverse that depth and that understanding? And so the question is, have you walked these depths? Do you know them? God does. He made them. 
In Job chapter 11, verse 7, he, he asked the question again, can you discover the depth of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? I, I always say when I, I hear somebody, how, how many have heard somebody complaining? Right? And you hear them complaining. I say, listen, this could get a lot worse. You're, you're just at the, the, the baby's pool, the kiddie pool. You don't want God to take you to deeper depth. You don't want God to really show you who God is. Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to start reading there in verse 3. God has often used the depth to teach men his ways. And he says, so, 47. Ezekiel 47 verse 3. When the men went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. How many start being terrified when the trials are up at your ankles? Ah! This is getting deep. The water's coming in. I remember one of these hurricanes where the water started coming in, a friend's house, all the way up to the door and we started coming and it started coming up the walls a foot high. He says, I was up to ankle deep in my problems. In verse 4, he says, then he told me to go out a little bit further. And he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And the waters came up to my knees. Some are in ankle deep trouble. Some are in knee deep trouble. But then the Bible says that... Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me... No, saying go back. He brought me through the water and it came up to my waist. Ankle, knees, and waist. Some of you are like on the Titanic and you're not going to be able to understand God until you go down in the depth of the sea. And you're wearing your snorkel and you're scuba diving and you're... You're not going to understand... How you have to surrender to God. How you could know God deeper. He says he brought me to the water came up to my waist. To my ankles, to my knees, to my waist. God is showing man. In verse 5 he says not only did it come up to my waist. But he measured again a thousand. And it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. Because now it's not. Ankles, knees, or waist, now it's over my head. If I don't start, if I don't start swimming, I'm going to be overwhelmed in the vast expanse of his depth. And so all these things, I don't know about you. I was telling my sons last night, we were talking about Jonah. I was talking to Brandon. And I said, Brandon, you notice that Jonah did not surrender until three days in the belly of a whale or belly of a fish? Three days. I would, as soon as they threw me overboard, I was like, God! I wouldn't wait three days. I wouldn't wait a long time to be away from the knowledge of God, the understanding of where God wants me. I don't want to be deep in desperation. Look what he says there in Psalm 89, verse 9, just in case you, just in case you missed it. You rule the raging sea, Lord. When its waves rise, you are the one that's able to calm them and still them. 
You're the one that has your hand in this matter. You're the one that's sovereign over all things. I remember years ago, I started having um, concerns and being overwhelmed by thoughts that were greater than mine. And I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? Look how, look how the waves are coming into my life on a consistent basis and I don't get any relief. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, we have, we have this description. Behold, there was a great tempest in the sea that arose. These things come into our lives for seasons. They come into our lives for time so that the boat was beginning to be covered with the waves. But Jesus was asleep. Verse 25, they ran to him and they awakened him. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We're perishing. We're dying. There's not going to be any way out of this situation. Verse 26, but he said to them, why are you fearful? You of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was great calm. He's able to deal with these adversities, these conflicts, these depth. He's able to sit there and address them in ways that are marvelous. As soon as I read this passage, peace came over my life. Because I was able to see that each wave that was coming in my direction was his providence. He's the one that decides them. Amos chapter 9 verse 3, some men try to hide and they're going into their deep blue to stay away from God. And he says, though they hide themselves on top of a mountain, I will search them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent and it shall bite them. God, God traverses all these matters. God is able to to see the ways that we take. He's able to discern. Verse 6 of this same chapter, he says that he's the one that establishes how much water comes down. He builds his layers in the sky and has founded his strata on the earth who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Who are you blaming for the depth in your sea, in your ocean? Who do you signal out for your lack of being able to traverse? I love the passage there in Corinthians where Paul is overwhelmed in a shipwreck situation. And being shipwrecked, he says these words. He says, it was God who delivered me, 2 Corinthians 1.8. This is what you have to have in your understanding of what's going on. He says, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. In a shipwreck situation, Paul says, we didn't have the strength to even want to live anymore because it was difficult. Verse 9, indeed, we felt that we had the sentence of death in ourselves.
We can't get out of this one. That we should not trust in ourselves. That's why God put them in that, in that ocean. So that we not trust in ourselves. Uh, a lot of people have a little life vest around their waist and they're like, I'm going. Or we said the little boys that have their little puffy puffs and they, they throw themselves. They're saying, I don't need you no more, dad. I don't need you no more, mom. I'm going to go to the deep until they start suffering shipwreck. Say with me that we not trust in ourselves, but in God. That's what, this is what this is all about. In the oceans of life, in the adversity of the waves, in whatever you want to describe as to being so overwhelming in your life, all these things are taking place that you should bow your knees and come closer to God. The night that our house got burned down a year ago in August, it was the eighth day of August, and that day at 2 o'clock in the morning, we told our kids, you know something? We're getting closer to God. We're not going to allow this trial to drive us farther from God. We need more of God. We're going to pray more. We're going to read the Bible more. We're going to go to church more. We're going to get closer to God in the midst of our, of our shipwreck, of our tempest in the sea, of times that we don't understand what God is doing. To draw closer to God. This is not what the world is teaching. The world is teaching something else. The, the greater you go through these problems, the farther you get away from God. The more you judge God and, and deny and denounce and defy. And unbelief becomes the everyday. But when you start describing all these things, look what it says in Psalm 107 verse 24. They saw the deeds of the Lord and his wonderful works at the deep sea. They saw his works in the wonders of the deep. Imagine a child that you have that the more issues he has in life, the more that presses him to come closer to God. And verse 25, it says like this. Those things that he saw in the deep, for it is God who commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. You're able to say, God, this, this is going to be an incredible experience. There's learning involved in this, in this relationship. Verse 26, these waves mounted to the heavens, and then they went down to the depth, and all's courage melted away in their evil plight. The men, verse 27, reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at wit's end. The troubles, the trials, the, the depth of life of what's taking place upon the earth. Verse 28, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. The mystery is that a lot of people do not cry out to the Lord, and he brings them out of their distress. In verse 29, he made the storm still and the waves. He calms the storm and the waves are still. Verse 30, then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. He brought them to the place where they could start saying, Lord, I want your purposes to be fulfilled in my life. I'm not interested in no more in earthly pursuit and understanding. I don't want to live life like you want me to live. This is what happened in Exodus 15:4, As Pharaoh's armies were devastated, this is the Lord that's able to cover the earth like a garment. Pharaoh's chariots and his armors were cast into the sea. 
His best captains are drowned in the Red Sea. I want to challenge you today that as we traverse life's journey, and this week what your children are going to be experiencing has to do with being able to face life's challenges. I separated a little outline here of what your children are going to be learning. And there are things that you should confirm. How awful it is to have a parent that says these words, where is God when you need him? Why did God allow this? Why did God do this to our family? Instead of providing answers by going deep that God has a purpose, that God has a plan, that we don't know what it is or where it is or who it is, but his plan has provision. The words that I've pulled out of this Bible study that your children will have this week is that life is full of mysteries and unknown. That you're not supposed to know everything. Don't be a know-it-all. There are some certain things that you don't know and you need to pray about. And that's a perfectly great answer to tell your children, let's pray about it because God wants to show us. God wants to teach us. God's going to have mercy on us. And you have the opportunity to strengthen faith and not debilitate it. Not tell children that God doesn't know what he's doing and he messed up. That at depth of life's mystery, there's the discovery of his treasures. The most beautiful things that you'll ever see, you'll see under the water. You'll be able to go deep and see these things. Talk to somebody who scuba dives or snorkels. And be able to see creations that are not above the sea, that cannot exist above the water. That life is full of unknowns. But God is with us wherever we go, near and far. He says, where can I hide from your presence? If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. And if I go to the deepest depth, I cannot hide from you. I'm going to find, God's going to find us out. This week will be full of crafts and the snacks and games. And the music will be all surrounded with one message. God is with me wherever I go. God is with me wherever I go. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, that's the message that he gave since the beginning. For I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. Chapter 28, verse 15. Behold, I'm with you, and I have the capacity to keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. I love the fact that God is larger than I am. I love the fact that he knows what I don't know. And he leads me where he has purpose for my life. And the the great expanse of things unknown and things unrevealed. As I walk with God, he begins to show me and discover as we explore his purpose. He knows when I go. He knows who I'm with, where I go, and what I will end up doing. God has spoken through the flood. He has spoken under the water to Jonah. He has spoken at the seashore, and he's spoken through those that were shipwrecked like Paul's life. The message that God sends to us this week to our children is that God knows me, God loves me, 
God hears me. God is always with me. There's not a lapse or an absence of his purpose in everything that is happening. The people that have decided to study the oceans for time immemorial, they've decided to search the depth. Um, They have determined things like a sea turtle travels 10,000 miles a year. That's, that's a long distance. Some of us don't like to leave our home and we always stay around our neighborhood. But there's, there's these animals in the deep blue that travel thousands of miles every year. A lot of exercise. The octopus is able to change colors in one second to look like a plant, a rock, or the sand. Some of us are like that. We're chameleons. We hang out with worldly people, we become worldly. Hang out with Christians, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The octopus is able to change his colors in one second. The seal is able to stay underwater for two hours. He reduces his heart rate to spare oxygen. Two hours underwater. A pelican is able to keep three buckets of fish in his mouth. Don't try this at home, please. (laughs) A puffing fish is able to retain water to blow up ten times his size to ward off predators by giving an appearance of being greater in size. A dolphin is able to jump 20 feet high and swim 25 miles an hour and has a precise navigational sonar system placed in his person. All these things God created in the vast expanse of his oceans, these secrets and mysteries are revealed. And I just pray this morning that you ask God to take you deeper and give him thanks for the depth that you're in and for the adversity and the winds and that he's able to calm the storm and show you purpose. And hopefully at the end of these experiences, your knees are bowed. Your heart is aligned with God's purpose. He reveals his mysteries to you. You're able to go after Jonah's deep blue experience. He went into a a town called Nineveh and turned the hearts of everyone that was in that town that was against God. They were able to repent because he had been at the depth of God's dealings with his life. Let's stand this morning and we're going to do this again next week. We're going to do this on Wednesday night also. I don't want to misuse that which... We have seen our sanctuary transform. If you haven't taken a walk, go visit the Yellow Submarine and the oceanfront property today uh, because the lunch is going to be oceanfront. It's $12 instead of 7 because the view is better. You got an oceanfront view in the cafeteria. Listen, church. We need to go deeper with God. We need him to reveal his depth, not so we can flaunt it in the light of people that don't have the knowledge of God, but so that we can reveal the great secrets and mysteries of God. You know, throughout the years, I've had friends that love science fiction. When we were in a bookstore now up in North Carolina, we walked into a bookstore and Two-thirds, two-thirds of the bookstore was all science fiction, was all fake. 
It's all galactical Star Wars fighting Star Trek in a world unknown, in a world unreal. And people read thick novels every year, four, five, and six novels of that which does not exist to entertain themselves. And they do not go to the depth of the word of God to reveal the mysteries of God. To what is real. To what is transcendent. What changes the world. People go to science fiction movie theaters to be entertained by things that are not real. And God is waiting for people willing to go deep in what is real. I pray that today your heart would be quieted with respect of how deep and grave the Lord has dealt with you. Or why, why do I feel that you are just taking me to the deep end of the pool where I don't reach? The answer is you're not supposed to reach. He reaches for you. You stay in his arms. You're not supposed to know all the questions. You're not supposed to understand the deep things of God. The Bible says they're past finding out. He has purposes you would never even begin to contemplate. In fact, I have a friend who's gone through a devastating experience in his life. And I say, when, you, when God shows you why he did this, you're going to say it was the best thing that ever happened to you in life. You don't understand it. You could never even think of it because of all the hurt that it's produced. But one day you're going to be able to bow down before the throne of God and say thank you. Thank you that my entire family has been kept in your embrace. Let's go ahead and sing this song to the Lord. And I want you to bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today is a perfect day for you to come to know him. In him are the, all the mysteries of the will of God fulfilled. And you don't want to be past finding out why God has brought you into this life from your mother's womb. All the adversities, the conflicts, the setbacks, the waves that have hit your life, the shipwrecks, all that, the floods, the storm, all have purpose in Christ. One of the things that the deep blue does to those who navigate its waters is to humble ourselves because it's way, way too large for our capacity to put our arms around it, our knowledge, our thoughts. And I pray that humility would be a part of your response to this sermon also. That you would say, it's not like I thought, it's not like I thought it was supposed to be, it's not like I understood. As I look at the, at the decorations up here on the stage and I see fishes with stripes, with dots, with colors, we're like, well, that's not supposed to be a fish. That's not the, you're not supposed to give an opinion on these matters because they belong to God. God does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, how he wants, how he thinks, and you're supposed to worship him. You're supposed to celebrate his goodness even when you don't understand. Father, thank you for this day that you have made in the house of God. Thank you that we've been able to go a little bit deeper as you desire in our hearts. We pray, Father God, that the result of us going deeper with you is more peace, more joy, more righteousness. And when we want to stand upon the land, the things that we know where we're comfortable and where we stand strong and confident, many times that's when we are the most vulnerable. But if we lose our life, you said we would save it. If we would just eliminate and diminish our pride and our self-confidence, 
there would be less of us and more of God. We pray that you bless us, the families in this church, and that the young men and the young women, the children would be stronger after this week of Vacation Bible School as they discover the deep sea, the deep blue sea. I pray, Father God, that we also go deeper in our reading of your word, our meditating in your ways, our confidence in trusting you in the midst of the waves. Be glorified and be exalted, and we surrender to you in the name of Jesus. And all the people say amen, amen, amen and amen. God bless you.